Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We just form a fucking wall. O'Neal deep on the post, lots of contact there. Oh, what a block by Wallace! What a jump ball! This team's down four, 12 8, 7 38 to play the first half. First from Rodney, stuck into the rim! Reggie inside for Andre, and a dynamite dunk! Pistons fans, welcome to episode number 70 of the Palace of Pistons podcast. It's the day after the draft, and while I think it's an important day because we got to get into all the great things that happened for the Pistons on draft night, um, you know, as we get started, Aaron, his birthday this Friday after the draft, so... Um, just want to acknowledge that that's what it is. Um, so happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Um, now, Detroit, a very interesting night. There's a lot of moves to get into. Of course, you know, just before the draft, there was the Tony Snell trade. We'll get into that because then that Tony Snell straight trade obviously had some effect on draft night. And, you know, John Lewer turned out to have pretty darn good value. So we're going to break that all down. You know, towards the end of the pod, we probably need to get into a little bit too. The Raptors winning the NBA Finals—that's kind of a big deal, um, you know. But the Pistons, pick number fifteen, Seku Dumboya, Detroit takes as a six-eleven wing with a lot of athletic upside. He's raw. He's kind of like a three-man, but. You know, maybe with a higher upside of like a Thon maker. You know, you think of a guy that's going to come in and you see it there. And you see the athleticism. And you see the ability. But I think you know when he gets into that Pistons uniform, you're going to see some growing pains early on as well. Um, But Detroit has a pretty good staff in place for player development. Has a pretty good system in place for uh, Dumboya, hopefully, to thrive. And... A guy that was projected to not slip all the way to 15. Detroit was really labeled with the first steal of the draft. So kind of an exciting night yesterday for Detroit, especially in the first round. Yeah, this is a draft pick that not, as you mentioned, not everyone expected to be there at 15. There was a lot of talk that he wasn't going to make it past the 10th pick in the draft. And this is a raw player, but there's a lot to like about him. Has high upside, played with Limigo CSP last season. The youngest player in the draft, the youngest player available, the Pistons have him. 6.9 points, 2.8 rebounds per game, 55% from the field, and 15 minutes per game. If you're wondering why those stats are so low, the younger guys just don't play many minutes overseas. It's a respect thing for for the older players, for the veterans that play overseas. Those are the guys that tend to get the minutes. Those younger guys that are in the, the developmental stage of their careers, they're usually used in a smaller role. Even Luka Doncic went through that with Real Madrid when he was overseas. Uh, but at 6'10", this is a guy that could play both forward spots. He's going to project to be a 3 for the Pistons, but he'll have that ability to play the 4 uh, if necessary. And this is a good get. I mean, whenever you can get a top 10 talent outside of the lottery, uh, you, you have to think you did a good job. The Pistons were enamored with him after his big pro day in Dallas where they sent Ed Stefanski um, Dwayne Casey and Pat Garrity all to watch Dumbayo or Doom. Oh my God! Dumbuya. Dumbuya. You guys know I'm not going to get this pronunciation right for a little bit, but um, this is a good pick for Detroit. I'm happy with it. We'll see if his shot develops. That's uh, his three point shot. His outside shot is what is considered to be raw, but he has a good shooting form. There's not really anything in his form that suggests there needs to be a bunch of change to it. Just that he's just not all that efficient yet. Spending some time in the gym, certainly going to help with that. But this guy seems like a gym rat. That's a lot of the talk about him right now. Pistons fans should be happy with this pick. But don't have these extremely high expectations because it's going to take some time with him. This pick I am so excited about. When I first started looking at draft draft prospects back in February, early March, this was the first name on my list. And at the time, he was considered a guy who would be around 13, 14, 15, 16. But as time went on and the draft got closer, you saw him starting to climb draft boards. And you understand why. This guy is a physical freak. 
He's that 6'9", 6'10", 230, can play the wing, jumps well, moves well. I mean, the upside with this guy is fantastic. It's going to take some time. He's going to need time to develop. But my oh my, the ceiling is very high with this young man. I am so excited about this. Pistons fans, you need. I think you all need to be excited about this. No one should be upset with this. This is a great pick. Yes, we've seemed to seemingly have had the philosophy that we need to help Blake Griffin now, and this draft pick maybe doesn't necessarily do that right away. But when a guy like this drops into your lap with such great potential and such great upside, you cannot pass on it. My 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 thing is here. I don't think this is a guy that's going to be stashed overseas for a year either. It sounds like Dumbaya is coming right over. Um, don't know if he'll play in summer league, but this is a guy that next year should have a role. I mean, maybe he's not the starting. Oh yeah, he'll forward, have a role, but he should be getting. But he'll be in the rotation. Fifteen twenty minutes a mm-hmm. night at either forward spot. I think he's going to get minutes at small four. But if the Pistons, <laughs> you know, want to use Stott at center some, or they have a different, you know. Center that they they sign and they want to use a different guy at the power forward spot. Dumbaya is a guy that can do that, so he'll have a role. It sounds like everything we've heard is is that he's coming over, which maybe we can't say for some of the Pistons' later pick in the draft. But this is a guy that should make an impact right away, but maybe not as big of an impact as a, a player, a, an American-born player that played in college uh, that would have who would have that uh, maybe a bigger impact. Well, it's interesting. You, know, you talk about that trip to Dallas where he had the workout. Ed Stefanski and crew was there, and, and you see Ed Stefanski comments. He goes, "You know, we left that workout going. I mean, man, that'd be nice. Wouldn't that be nice if we could get our hands on him? You know, and get him in the draft. But that was just uh, it was a luxurious thought. You know, nobody thought that at fifteen he would still be sitting there. You know, there's no way if he slips out of the top ten that between eleven and fourteen he doesn't go. And then at 15, he's sitting right there in Detroit, knew right away who they wanted to go with. Um, one thing also that Ed commented on is that you finally get some length on the wing. You got a guy that's 6'10", good wingspan, can run the floor. You know, you could lo- throw some lobs to. Sounds you like Ed's been listening to the podcast. With. Absolutely. About been, time. been saying that for, for a little bit of time. No more undersized three men. You know, we finally got a guy that can play the three with some good size. But I think now, again, we, t- we said we'll get into the Tony Snell trade, but you have Tony Snell uh, and you have Dumboya, and it gives you the opportunity for, you know, Sekou to be the number two small forward right now. And. Um, you know, let Tony Snell start at that position. It makes Bruce Brown and Luke Kennard, I think, your solidified two guards. Um, you know, and it kind of helps shape your rotation a little bit, which is exciting for Detroit that they can finally start to see how that's going to unfold. Yeah, I mean, this is a this is a roster that's coming together pretty quickly here. Uh, you know, whether it be through the trade for Tony Snell or through the NBA draft, they they've assembled guys that appear to be rotation players at spots that they need. They still have some holes to fill, yep. which is why I'm maybe not as thrilled as I could be with this draft. Um, but for what they did right before the draft and during the draft, you can you can say, I see the direction the Pistons are taking. Maybe I don't agree with the exact player that they took, but I, I see what they're trying to do. I mean, I don't know. As far as I'm concerned... In terms of the draft, is in a hole. What you're talking about is you see what they're trying to do. It was kind of a roller coaster night for me. Love the Dumboya pick. Love it. I think everyone should be on board with that. Then trading back out of 30 for four second round picks, getting those assets, great. But then not really addressing the center position and then the point guard position until later on. It was. Um, that didn't sit well with me at first. And then I understand why they took, uh, did what they did in the second round and who they drafted. Makes sense um, in terms of the player, I guess. But at the same time, with the other options that were around, uh, I don't know. I mean, up and down night for me. So one final thing before we get into the second round. I want to talk about that trade the Pistons made. Uh, they had the 30th pick. They traded it to Cleveland. For four future second round picks and cash. We weren't told how much cash that the Pistons got until after the draft. And you're thinking it's going to be a half a million. Yeah, a you're million. thinking at most it's like 
Two million. You're thinking at most it's like two million because like they got four picks too, right? It can't be that much. The Cavaliers sent the Pistons five million dollars. It's too bad that can't be used against the cap or anything. That's not how that works. They can't use that money. No, for that's just that's fee? just cash. That's just like buying something. It's like here, really? we'll, we'll give you like when a cash considerations trade. It's like yeah, we'll take your second round pick. Here's two million dollars. It's like buying something. And then the organization can use the money, like, within. It's almost really? money that goes into the owner's pocket, in a, in a way. I know, at first I thought, like, it was, um... Oh. I used to think cash considerations helped against the cap, too. Oh. That's wow. not how that works. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, it's interesting, and they were willing to pay a pretty steep price for Kevin Porter Jr. over in Cleveland, but, uh, I mean... Interesting. That's interesting too that that they spent so much on Kevin Porter Jr. Four given round picks. Given that they drafted Darius Garland, they have Colin Sexton. That should solidify their you know two guards in their starting lineup. And I mean to spend you know a lot on Kevin Porter Jr. I mean they very interesting move. They really. I mean they went for it. They really really like Kevin Porter Jr. in that thirty spot. Yeah. And I know there are Pistons fans out there who love Kevin Porter Jr. Sorry, Dom. Saw that on Twitter. Saw that big time. Some fans thinking he is like MVP level player. Taken at 30. I don't see it that way. That's just my opinion. I thought that was a pretty steep price to pay. And I thought the Pistons did quite a good job of moving out of that 30 spot. I will say, though, there was there was definitely a part of me that was disappointed that they didn't draft at 30 because I thought there were two great players on the board for Detroit, one of them being a guy that we've talked about forever and Bruno Fernando. He solidifies your backup center position. He's better than any you know vet minimum center you're going to go sign in free agency. Aaron, you and I talked about everyone that. Everyone was on the, the same page with Fernando. Right. I, I know. Everyone the, in the Palace the of Pistons chat. The whole Palace of Pistons squad was Brendan, on board. Brian, myself. Dylan Edenfield, Jacob Rodgers, we're all like, yeah, Bruno Fernando makes like the most sense, obvious pick. Detroit's gonna take him, and they didn't. <laughs> and I mean, they got a nice haul back. Don't get me wrong, but I was sitting there like, man, Bruno would have just been such a nice pick right there. He would have been so perfect for what Detroit needed. Another guy that I was really high on. So if you watched Twitter yesterday. I wanted Ty Jerome. Ty Jerome got drafted a little bit earlier than I expected. Thought he would still be there at 30. Um, ended off, ended up coming off the board uh, just a few picks before. So he was no longer an option. But then Carson Edwards, the point guard from Purdue, guy that could score the ball at high volume. He'd almost be like a younger Ish Smith off the bench. He's a spark plug, scores the basketball, plays you know at a pretty fast pace. Um, would have been excited about you know maybe pairing him and Duboya in, in a second unit for Detroit, um, but Detroit decides you know to trade that pick. They got a decent return on it, um, which then honestly, led... and and it, I, I, it almost feels to me like Detroit tried to get a little too cute with, with in the draft. Not that I don't like the moves they made, like I get them and I understand them, and I don't necessarily think they're bad. But it's almost like when you have Edwards and you have Fernando on the board and you have holes at backup point guard and backup center, how do you not just take one at 30? I mean, the, the, the picks they, they got in that trade for the 30th pick, they used them all up on, on guys, except for one. They used those picks up on guys that one's going to be stashed away and one is not as good of a point guard as Edwards would be. And I don't know if I would trust him to be the backup point guard this year. Or this upcoming season, which we'll get into this player, um, even though I'm sure if you're listening to this, you know who it is. But I just feel like Detroit tried to get a little fancy, and I'm not sure it made all the sense in the world. I'm just kind of like, eh, I see it, I don't love it, I don't hate it. Here's the thing. ESPN broke down uh, David Acevedas as a 6'9". Luke Kennard. And then if you watch any of his film at all, which I didn't know who this was at all, so after the pick happened, I went and watched like 20, 25 minutes of film on this guy. I just kept the clips going and really wanted to see. Within the first 30 seconds of watching him, you're like, oh yeah, this is just a younger Luke Kennard. Yep, lefty, likes coming off screens, can shoot it, gets the cup. 
mean, and honestly, I understand why they took him and why they like him. And ESPN was how they when they were breaking him down was saying a lot of NBA teams had uh, Servetus on their board. They really, really liked him. They liked his style of play. So I can see why the Pistons wanted to make this move. And honestly, at the time last night, I was kind of upset about this because I really wanted Bruno Fernando. If you're if you've listened to this pod for any amount of time, you know how much I like Bruno Fernando. We all um, like Bruno. <laughs> Bruno. <laughs> We've been talking about Bruno since for, literally like April. forever. Like forever. April, we've just been like Bruno Fernando. That's who the pitchers got to get. They got to just figure out a way forever. to get him. Forever. I just we're not gonna get into that right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. We already sorry. did. We already did. We're gonna leave that alone. <laughs> but I mean. What was I saying? Oh, ESPN, when they were breaking him down, saying, you know, we're all talking about how this may be a, probably a stash and a developed type player, you know, mm-hmm. get, keep him over in Europe for a few years. When they were breaking him down, they were saying, he could come over now. Maybe it might be a year in the G League, but he can come over now. Yeah. That's how good the international analysts at ESPN believe he is. I mean, shot 47% from the three-point line overseas. Just a super efficient score. Very good assist-to-turnover ratio. <laughs> has good size, 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, long. It's good handle for for a forward. Um, high basketball IQ. And and like I said, like, if if you watch Luke Kennard, just imagine watching Luke Kennard that's three, four inches taller. And Luke Kennard is aggressive when he goes to the basket. But this guy's even more aggressive when he finishes at the rim. And when he goes at the rim, he's not really looking to kick. He's looking to finish, and he finishes pretty well at the rim for a 19-year-old right now. Yeah. You know, you kind of look at all this, and, and the Pistons are, you know, drafting more depth at the wing, and they're, you know, they traded for Tony Snell. There's going to be an odd man out, you know? And to me, I can't help but think Bruce Brown is going to find himself on the outside looking in with where the Pistons are trending in terms of filling out this rotation. Well, I know you've got thoughts on this, and you were probably throwing this to Aaron, but I've got thoughts on this, too. No, this was just to the table. (laughs) You're not wrong when you say someone's going to be the odd man out. Yeah. And it's either going to be Kyrie Thomas or Bruce Brown. One of those guys... Hey, is hey, gonna hey. find themselves on Cam on Johnston the didn't fall to fifteen. Aaron, oh still my gosh, I know. In, in tremble, I know. Do not, do not even think. Don't even tease him with Kyrie Thomas possibly falling out of the mix. Not that I mean, Kyrie Thomas still a young player, but from what we saw last year, it's his at birthday. the end. This guy should be able to make the jump into being a rotational player. <laughs> but so is Bruce Brown. Also, a real quick sidebar: I am sorry about Cam Johnson. I wanted to get this podcast. I'll bring it up. But, I know how much... No, I, all this, you've done the, is stab Ryan with the whole Bruno Fernando thing. I know we were all on board, but we know originally Ryan started that hype train. And all you've done is just little Jay, hey, Bruno, Bruno's not here. Bruno, where's Bruno? This, oh, he's not in this Detroit. Hurts okay. Okay. This, this hurts a lot. This hurts a lot. I'm not even going to fraud. Aaron, we, we all thought Aaron was speaking into existence on Twitter. Cam Johnson. Nobody was talking about Cam Johnson. Then Aaron's putting out videos, tweeting about him every day. Then all of a sudden... All different people on Pistons Twitter are like, you know what? I think Cam Johnson's my guy. I think Cam Johnson's my guy. And people are like, yeah, it would make sense to take Cam Johnson at 15. And I spoke it too much into existence. I tweeted he too took much. It past and existence. he went all the way to 11. Phoenix may be a terrible organization for taking him at 11, taking an older player who doesn't fit their their need. They need young guys that Jeff have potential. Bauer. But Jeff Bauer just. You know, he's he's he moving over the Pistons, this time from halfway across the country. Do you have a random account that ever just like retweets and likes your stuff just out of the blue? A lot I, of random accounts. I'm telling you, I think Jeff Bauer had that burner Twitter account while he was in Detroit just to get that voice of the Pistons Twitter. And uh, he said, I'm going to use this even more in Phoenix. You know what? Shit, man. Cam Johnson... Go kill it in Phoenix. The, the second I we'll saw We'll see that. you in two years when the Suns give up on you and we trade you for a 2027 20, second rounder. <laughs> when I saw that come across Twitter, which, by the way, I can't stand seeing the picks on Twitter. It takes all the fun out of watching but it. You but, but you have to do it. But you have to do it if you want to like, engage with anyone. I know. You have like to do it, ahead. though. You have to do it. But still, it's annoying because I love watching it on TV. Anyway, when I saw that come across Twitter, 
I like my heart stopped for a second because of like the way I knew Aaron was feeling in that moment. I was like, like oh! <laughs> <laughs> they, they didn't just do that. I'm like, I'm like, I thought, is Aaron dead? This killed Aaron. This killed Aaron. Well, we thought Aaron was going to live to us uh, see big number 19. No, he's not. No. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was. It literally took my breath away. <laughs> that was brutal. Uh, that was tough. But in the end, it worked out for the Pistons, Aaron. I promise you, it worked out. Oh, man. Sekou Dumboya is going to be okay, Aaron. He's going to be okay. He is. He is. When Dumboya is coming into his prime at 22, Cam Johnson will be 27, chilling on as a bench rotation player. Dang, that's oh. crazy. A five-year difference. I know. That's crazy. I know. And I like Cam Johnson. I think he'll be a solid player in this league. Mm-hmm. But Dumboya will be coming into his own in a few years. My counterpoint, Blake Griffin's long gone by then. This draft... Like we said, when you have a guy like this, you can't pass on him. And I understand the Pistons have also stated, you know, build now. We got to build around Blake. We got to make sure Blake's got his help. But they've also had another philosophy that's maybe flown a little under the radar, and that's getting bigger at the wing. And what did they do with this draft for the future, really? Right. Get bigger on the wing. Can I say one other philosophy that they have? Yeah. Betting on youth. This is like unlike oh. the, the last front office. Oh, absolutely. This is way unlike the last regime. Yeah. Okay? They, they're they saying, we like these guys. We're going to go get them. They took Bruce Brown. They traded for Kyrie Thomas. They gave up assets for Kyrie Thomas. They gave, they, they, they you know, took Sekou. They made a bunch of moves to get the guys that they won in the second round. Servetus and Jordan Bone. Um you know, they're finding guys that they like, and they're not afraid to spend or move assets to get those guys. And they've influctuated more and more youth to the Pistons roster than we've seen before. We're looking at the young core, the young group of guys on this roster. Kennard, Dumbuya. 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 Not Bo. Cam Johnson. It's ah, Dumbuya. Not, no, no, no. Not Johnson. <laughs> I know it rolls up. Dumbuya. Okay, so Kennard, Dumbuya. Jordan Bone, Davidis, Servetus, um, Kyrie Thomas, and Bruce Brown. And Don Maker, if you want to consider Don Maker. Seven young men. Like, young players. Those, like, they're, they are quietly and, like, under the radar prepping their 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 roster for the for the future. You know? These are oh, guys absolutely. that are going to have roles you in the NBA Spie? for the future. Don't oh, forget speed. That's yeah. eight guys? Eight? Young, young players. I always forget about Svi. I think I've like every time we've talked about the youth, I've not talked about Svi. Maybe I have a vendetta. I don't know. Uh, maybe you hate Svi. Get over <laughs> yeah. yourself. Um, but yeah, no, they've quietly prepared themselves for the future. Like, this is this, not an old I, and, team. And the, no, not at all. What, when you really over? think like, about it, like everyone talks about Detroit, like they're just this veteran-loaded team. And yeah, they had Jose and Zaza and Blake's, you know, thirty. But other than that. Drummond, 25. Jackson's, what, 27, 28 now. Um, this is a really young group. It is. And, and, and that's, that's you like that. Like, the you front really office like that. is taking a chance on these young guys that they're going to hit on at least one of them to be like a big cornerstone piece. And honestly, I'm, I'm pretty sure, I know you guys are pretty sure, and I know Stefanski's pretty sure he's got that in Luke Kennard as one of them. And I think Dumbuya is going to be another. I, I, I'm telling you, I really like Dumbuya. I barely scouted him because I'm like, there's just no chance he's there at 15. But somehow, oh he's no, absolutely. Up. As as time went on, I was like, no, no way. But, but in the early stages, was. in the early stages, and I know we wrote about it on Palace of Pistons. I know you tweeted about it. We talked about Dumbuya as a guy. Yeah, but he kept moving up because he finished his his overseas season really strong. He had a big scoring performance. Was shooting the ball really well. So he slid up a little bit, and then it got to the point where it's like, oh, he, he's not even going to be there. Like, there's no point in even scouting him. But but this is a guy that showed the shooting stroke, has all the physical assets, is athletic, is strong, is big, versatility at, at both forward positions. I mean, this is a guy that can be a franchise-altering piece as long as he's developed well. And we've seen uh, Sean Sweeney develop Giannis Antetokounmpo. And we've seen Dwayne Casey develop Pascal Siakam. So there's hope there. And, and that's why taking this pick, and you have a development coaching staff, it makes this taking this pick 
an even better deal to grasp and, and enjoy. <clears throat> well, to me, I respect the front office for also saying, hey, we need to make moves that that will help us beyond the Blake Griffin years and, and that they weren't afraid to you know, trade the 15th pick to get a little more cap space, to make a play in free agency, to acquire another veteran uh, to you know, pair up for a couple of years with Blake and try to go all in. I really respect the fact that at 15, they had a guy that, it's a risk, no doubt about it, but has the potential to be a cornerstone type player. And they went out and they took him. You know, and that they kept that pick. They weren't going to move that pick. Um, it, it's just, to me, it's it's exciting, but it's just, it's respectable. It's the right thing to do, you know? And, and a team that's ceiling is kind of limited, you have to take a risk like that. You yeah. have to, to make a move like that. And as much as this is a risk, in quotation marks, how much of a risk really is it? You know, this guy showed a lot overseas, had a huge pro day, and has all the attributes that says he's going to be a good NBA player. So yes, it's a risk because it's an overseas guy that you didn't see in big minutes, you know, that didn't play against the NBA competition. But it's still, there's a lot to like about him. So as much as it's a risk, it's just a smart move by the Pistons. You just have to respect it. The risk of Dumbuya for me is not that he's, whether he pans out or not, because like you said, and like I've said, and like Brandon said, I think he's going to pan out, pan out, and I think he's going to be just fine and a fantastic player. The risk in it is, will he pan out in time to take advantage of Blake Griffin's time here? I think, and I, and I don't think so. That's not something I see happening. So that might be the risk in a sense. But other than that, right. It's going to be year three or year four where you're really seeing the full, like... And and that's why it was smart for the Pistons to go out and get a Tony Snell who can play big minutes, maybe even start. Um, And, you know, I know we're going to get into the Snell trade, but but Snell's going to help the Pistons a lot just off the sense that he can shoot the basketball. Mm -hmm. Well, let's dive into it, right? The Pistons trade uh, John Luer to Milwaukee for the 30th pick and Tony Snell. The Pistons then turn that 30th pick into you know four second-round picks and then $5 million from Cleveland. Then Detroit used that to make the additional trade in the second round to bring it. I, I'm not even going to try it. Cerritos. Did he say that right? I'm pretty sure. I'm not 100% on how to say the first name. I think you said it right, but Cerritos is the last name. Right. Okay. Brendan didn't even try. Yeah. Him. And kind of had a mini stroke trying to say it just now. <laughs> uh, the, uh, 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 him. <laughs> Anywho, who knew John Luer had that kind of value? My and, and, goodness. And there are people on Twitter that were hating on the trade, bro. There were people that were like, are you kidding me? You're going to spend $12 million on Tony Snell? That first round, that 30th pick, it's not even a first round pick. By definition, it's, it's a, a first, first round pick. pick. Like, what do you mean? And Tony Snell's a guy... That, oh my God, he didn't get to play on the best team in the NBA because they had Giannis Antetokounmpo, Chris Middleton, Pat Connaughton, Dante DiVincenzo. They were loaded on the wing. And when he got in, he still shot 40% from the three-point line, averaged six points, very efficient, ranked in the top percentiles for scoring according to Synergy. It's a good player. And we're getting upset over saving money and getting another asset? I mean, what are we doing? What, like, why, like, why do you want to be miserable? Tony Snell's not going to light the world on fire. He's not going to go put up 20, 25 points. But he's going to be a better player than he was in Toronto, or Toronto Milwaukee, because he's going to have a more expanded role. He can shoot. He's 6'7". He's got good length. He can shoot the ball well from three. He can take the ball well to the basket. He's got he's got a good handle. He's a decent defender. What? This he's is a, a, he's, If you're looking at the Pistons' projections right now, Tony Snell is... Better than Wayne Ellington at your small forward yes. spot, both offensively and defensively. And Luke Kennard is going to be better than Bruce Brown. Yes. So you're adding two 40% three-point shooters to your lineup that desperately needed shooting around Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond. Mm-hmm. Why are we complaining about that? What is there to complain about? The Pistons saved money in that trade. It just doesn't make any sense to me. 
No, and it's one of those things where you got a few people always that are just going to look for something to be mad about. They're just going to find an issue. And the reason I say that they saved money is because, yes, Snell makes more money than Lure, but Lure was dead salary. Lure wasn't going to play on the Pistons, and the Pistons were still going to have to spend on a wing. Now the Pistons don't necessarily have to spend on a wing, and they're not wasting $10 million in salary, $10.5 million in salary, on John Lure. I, Lure had no value on this team. He wasn't even getting in the game in garbage time half the time. I mean, that was $10.5 million on the books with no value. And then you flipped it into value with Tony Snell and Servetus. I mean, how is that? How do you chalk that up as a loss? Right. It works out for everybody, right? Milwaukee gets that expiring yes. deal that they want, so then they, they save can get $4 million. They save $4 million on it. And, and, because, let's be honest, the 30th pick Milwaukee, even though I don't think it's a great trade for them, the 30th pick for them doesn't mean as much as being able to re-sign Malcolm Brogdon, Chris Middleton, and Brooke Lopez. Yeah. You know, sometimes you have to make sacrifices to be the best team in the NBA. And if it means sacrificing the 30th pick in the draft, then you have to do that. And for the Pistons, when they're able to capitalize on a move like that, how can you be upset with them for making that trade? Right. Find something else to be mad about. If you're going to be mad about something, like find something else. Like that's just like a it's it's a home run hit. There's a decent amount of things you could be upset about with Detroit over the last you know couple of years, whatever. This is not one of them. You got value for John Lure. What are we talking? Like why is this even a discussion? I'm so mad. That we're having this discussion right now, it might I'm literally boiling. I'm flustered that I had to go on Twitter and defend a guy that Detroit signed oh. as a stretch four, stretch five, and he made one three pointer. I, I thought you were saying he had to go on Twitter and see Cam Johnson was taken at pick eleven. Jeez, Yikes. sorry, Jeez. I was on a different page. I just, I'm sorry, it wasn't intentional. I, I thought that's what you were gonna say. Aaron's gotten up and Aaron walked away. left. Aaron has walked away. But back to Tony Snell. <laughs> I I mean, this is probably your starting small forward at this point. Right. At this point. Yep. Compared to a guy who wasn't even seeing time in garbage time most of the time. Brendan, what are we doing here? I don't get it. And this is nice, going to be a guy who puts up 12, 13, 14 points a game. To me, it, it's... The best value in it, though, is you have a guy that could start, right? But he gives then Sekou Dumboya somebody to play behind for a couple yes. of years to develop, to have a little less pressure on him. Detroit's building some depth at the wing, so now they can get creative. Bruce Brown can take some time at the three if Dumboya needs more time to develop. And then if Sekou becomes ready, hell, if it's in a year, then Tony Snell just moves to the bench. And if it's and not that's a solid year, he's coming off the bench. Right. He, he's a great rotational player for you. And if not... Then he's a two-year gap fill at the starting small forward spot. He shoots the ball well. He's a good defensive player. He fits exactly what the Pistons are trying to do. Back to philosophy time. They got bigger on the wing. Yeah. 6'7 with some wingspan. They needed that. Stefanski said last night, one of his quotes was, we did this weekend what we needed to or this week what we needed to do. We run 6'4, 6'6 at the wing. Now we're 6'7 with Tony Snell. 6'9 with Dambuya. Uh, Davias, 6'8 and a half, 6'9 when he mm-hmm. comes over. All of a sudden, they're bigger on the wing. Right, and now you can run Bruce Brown and Luke Kennard at the two, where if you have 6'5, six, 6'6 six, six at the two, man, you're doing A-OK. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. Aaron, welcome back. You guys are just a couple of bullies. And to do this on my birthday, nonetheless... I, I mean... No, Aaron, I just, that wasn't honest. I just thought you were... But I was still listening direction. to you guys talk. Um... And I don't want to leave out Kyrie Thomas because I've talked to some people and nobody's working on this summer. Sources? Know, are you confirming? I know. Are you confirming? Views him. Okay. And they like him. They like him a lot. So I'm not saying, oh, Bruce Brown doesn't fit. They're going to move Bruce Brown. I'm not saying Saku's not going to get in the rotation. I'm not saying any of that. But I'm saying they're they're going to try to find a way for Kyrie Thomas to play minutes. Whether it's at the one or the two. Backup point guard. Or the three. They'll go small. They, they, they want to get him to play. And they're having him work on different things that give him positional versatility. So, we've talked about Bruce Brown and Luke Kennard shooting guard. We've talked about Tony Snell and Saku Dumbayo. 
at small Dumbuya. Dumbuya at small forward. <laughs> Don't count out Kyrie Thomas at any of the. I'm first not. Ca- three I love Kyrie Thomas. I'm not counting him out at all. I'm just saying at some point here, if things work out like for the best with every player, someone gets left out. Who is that player that gets left out? And you, That's all. You just hope it's not Sehu because then you feel like you've just well then you did waste the fifteenth pick. Oh, absolutely. But here's another thing: if you want to get Kyrie Thomas time this year. Somehow that Langston Galloway contract has to be moved. Yeah, I mean that's se- that would be seven million just sitting on the bench. I mean, yeah, you could just sit him on the bench, but at the same time, but will Dwayne Casey would it be Dwayne, more prudent? Dwayne to, loves he loves himself some Langston Galloway. He does. Well, <laughs> I think he didn't really know he had a better option last year until Kyrie kind of finally got in and did some things, and. In reality, was it the worst move by Casey to play Galloway over Thomas? No. 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 I, I mean, it makes sense. A coach isn't going to not play a veteran over a rookie that's, you know, we don't, you know, that was a second round pick. Of course. But now, with the roster that the Pistons have, I don't see a role for Galloway whatsoever. And I just don't know if Detroit's able to going to be able to get value for him without giving up an asset. Somehow they were able to do it for John Luer. But now that the draft's over, is there going to be a team that's, you know, desperate enough to to take on Galloway's contract? Um, I don't know. What it might be is a team at the end of free agency that goes, man, we really need another guard in the rotation. You know, we didn't accomplish, or even midway through free agency, all right, our three top targets are off the board, you know, and we need a guy. Maybe you go out and you make a trade for a Langston Galloway. and, and I mean, you don't need to get much back, you know? You don't need to get much back at all. Just get him off you the just books. Need to, yeah, you just need to get him off the books. And, and that's and the if, most important if, thing. If you're able to open Galloway off the books, it gives the Pistons the opportunity to... Well, I mean, if they want to go after a, one of the better wings on the market, they could do that, but then it kind of creates a, even more of a... Log jam, log jam on the wing. Do they, you know, disperse it to get a pretty good backup point guard and a pretty good backup center? They could do that as well. I don't know. You know, I I, I don't think Galloway's coming off the books. I don't think that's happening until next year. Um, I think you know with the draft done and the picks done, it's just gonna it's just gonna be too hard. But we'll see. You know, Ed Stefanski's proven us wrong before. He got a first round pick and a starter level player. For John Lewis. Yeah. So we'll see. Well, Detroit finished off, you know, draft night yesterday, taking two million of the five million they got from um, Cleveland and pairing that with a twenty twenty four top fifty five protected pick. Uh, and traded that to Philadelphia in exchange for former Tennessee point guard Jordan Bone. Um, and an interesting move. You know, I saw you know reports earlier in the night. Um, early second round that said, "Hey, Detroit's made a promise to Jordan Bone." You know, people are thinking, "Oh man, are they going to take him at forty-five? You know, and then obviously they go ahead and they trade the forty-fifth pick. So you're wondering, "All right, are they going to make another move? Um, you know, to go after this kid?" And they ended up doing so. Really didn't give up a whole ton, uh, and they take a flyer on you know the former Tennessee point guard who. Um, you know, could provide some upside for Detroit. Not sure where they find him in, you know, where where the spot is for him right away. But, you know, that was the final move Detroit made, uh, you know, to, to finish off the draft last night. No, I th- one thing I think for the first couple years, at least in the league, he's that third point guard. Yeah. That Jose Calderon type on the bench who's who's there if an injury occurs. Um, I mean, Bones in a has elite athleticism. His testing numbers are crazy. Outside of Zion, because Zion's, you know, a freak and doesn't count toward the rest of it. If you take Zion out, he's one of the most athletic guys, Jordan Bone, in this entire draft. Um, he's got decent size for a point guard. He's 6'3". Right. Uh, you know, he's really, he's a leader, uh, team-oriented, looks for his guys. He's not selfish. Um, he's got a decent shot. Uh, but, you know, he's got things he's got to work on. His shot, like I said, it's decent. He's just an okay passer at this point. Um, but at the same time, I thought he was the best point guard in the SEC. I watch a lot of college basketball, and Jordan Bone is someone I really like. Um, he's got the Ish Smith-type motor. 
Um, I just don't think this is someone who's... I think... Excuse me, let me rephrase that. I think this is someone who's gonna hit in this draft. I think this is a very solid backup point guard for the Pistons for years to come. Aaron, your thoughts? I, you know, I didn't know much about Bone. I mean, I've watched him, but I never was like, I'm, I'm tuning in on Bone. When I watched Tennessee, it was, you know, Grant Williams. It was maybe just the game in general. I just wanted to watch the game. But last night, after I finally finished, you know, writing out the Bone trade and got that up on the website, finished up social media for the night, I sat down and I watched a Tennessee game. And there's a lot to like about Jordan Bone. Um, yes, it's at the college level. Yes, he doesn't have the you know shooting percentages that say this guy's gonna be this great NBA player, but he's got great athleticism. He's very quick. He did shoot thirty five and a half percent from the three point line, so there's something there. But you know he makes an impact defensively. He he, he doesn't you know just stand around. He, he stays with this guy whether it's on ball or off ball. He competes at a high level. Wow, that's a cliche, but I, I'm saying it. He competes at a high level. And on offense, he's never going to tank your offense. He moves the ball. He's, he's very unselfish. But he can do a couple things. He can get to the cup. He can pull up for a mid-ranger. And he can shoot a little bit. So do I think this is going to hit as some, this could be the Pistons starting point guard of the future? Absolutely not. Do I think he could end up being a serviceable backup in the league? Yes. So let's take an overall look at draft night. To kind of wrap up the pod, what would you grade the Pistons draft this year? Aaron, I'll start with you. Oh man, letter grade. On me. I we don't grade gra- we don't grade drafts the day after they. Okay, but on initial grade. reaction, on initial reaction. Okay, I'm not going to grade it because I hate the philosophy oh, of grading a draft. On. We haven't seen these players in action That's yet. Soft. Come give on. me give me an initial reaction grade. Oh my god! All right. B plus. Okay. I don't love it, but I like it. I think there's something there in Dumbaya. I don't know how much I love the second round, but I think what they did in the first round leads me towards I like it more than I dislike it. I'll say it started off at an A plus for me because I love Dumbaya. Love him. Um, and then the trade happened, and I was like, that's even great. A plus. This is good in my book. Didn't like I said. Didn't know who Servius was. Uh, wasn't sure about how they, they gave up three second round picks to get him. So that must mean something. But at the same time, uh, kind of took it down to a B for me at that point because I was really unsure. And then Jordan Bone happened, and that's addressing a position of need. And I think uh, that's a guy who I think is a future solid backup point guard. So I'm with Aaron B plus. Okay, because I was I was in the same range. I was going to give it a B. Um, only because Wow, why are you so pessimistic? Oh my god, why do you hate the Pistons? Really? A B? Are you kidding me? You just really hate Detroit. You're just such a hater. I mean, you're ridiculous. You know, so the Sekou pick, it's one of those things like we've all already talked about. You know there's a lot of high upside, you know, but you don't know how long it's going to take for him to get there. And that's part of that risk you run with that pick. Um, in terms of the thirtieth pick, I, I don't know. I mean, the trade—I'm not mad at the trade, but I still would have liked to have seen Detroit make a pick there. I thought there were a few guys on the board that they could have went after. I thought they could have even taken that pick and gotten a little more aggressive to try to trade up. Um, you know, so what they did with the thirtieth pick to me was kind of eh. Yeah, they got a nice return. They got four picks out of it. They were able to turn that into Servetus as well. But um it just it, it didn't do a ton for me. Jake Bone, I remember I've watched him a little bit, probably less than you have, Ryan, in terms of, of Jake Bone? Jordan Bone. Jordan Bone. You're gonna get mad at me for pronouncing your names wrong. You get the first you don't like mispronounce the first Listen. name. You just say it like you just say the wrong name. Like it's not like when I said Doomboy, you know Bone, who didn't say the it's wrong not like name? I said like, "Hey, Dennis or something." You shit. Didn't. Like you said, Jake, Jake Bone, it's Jordan Bone. Wake up! <laughs> you went to bed before I did. I was the one still up. <laughs> Actually, I Ugh. fell asleep in front of the TV before you fell asleep, but you went to bed before I went to bed. Whatever. I can't believe you just called him Jake Bone. Maybe you're a fake draft analyst. Do you even know who this is? Do you even know who it is, Aaron? 
All I'm going to say is it's a real shame about Cam Johnson. It's a real shame. I'll see you guys next week. See you, Aaron. Anywho, B is the draft grade I give the Pistons. These guys give it a B plus. Be interesting to see. If Dubois pans out, all of a sudden it's an A plus draft. Oh yeah, I mean that's that's really what matters. Right? If he if he pans out and if it's sooner rather than later, it's an A plus draft. Home run, grand slam. Just the uncertainty, you gotta wait and see. Initial reaction, the range is B to B plus. I still think that's pretty positive for Detroit. And, and, and now you just the biggest hope for me is Dumbuya is able to play in summer league because if he can't play, it's going to be so depressing. Oh yeah, absolutely. They weren't even sure he was going to be able to get over here. Like he's going to be here today for the media tour and everything. Right. They weren't even sure he was going to be able to get here today for that. But um, he's uh, he he seems pretty confident that he'll be around. Yeah, he does for uh, for everything. So I'm I'm happy about that. Um, I don't know. One of the better nights, I feel like, for Pistons fans. Yeah. I mean, it was a good week. It's a positive week. I thought it was a good week. I thought it was a very positive week for Pistons fans. You were able to get off the lure cap that was dead money. You brought in, right right now, probably your starting wing. But hopefully by next year, the year after this upcoming season, it's a rotational piece. Um, You've drafted a guy with star potential. I mean, I I really think Dumboya can can really take it to another level as long as he uh, keeps working. I mean, you got the 6'9 Luke Kennard waiting in the wings. That could be uh, pretty special. Jordan Bone. That could be a solid Ish Smith type backup point guard. I don't know. Very positive week. I think the upside is there, but there's a lot of uncertainty right now. Yeah, of course. Around any draft, a lot of uncertainty, but the potential is there. It's not like we went and drafted guys who... uh, like man, what they are right now is kind of what they are, and like we kind of know that Henry Ellenson. Yes, like, like what they are is kind of what they are, and we know that. No, I mean there is some real potential here with this draft, yeah. and it's exciting. Absolutely. I mean, another move that happened this week. Uh, we got. I think we. I think we should mention it real quick. Uh, bless up for our boy Glenn Robinson not getting his option picked up. That's what they're talking about. That that's not going to happen. So that Aaron, frees up some. Aaron's space. not sitting that far away right now from the uh, from the table here, and he's just staring down. And I, I think that's just ridiculous. It's unprofessional. And for a guy that you know it's his birthday and he's turned another year older, I think his maturity just went another year back. It, it's unbelievable to me that he's not going to get up right now. So anyway. They cleared up four million right there in more cap space. So I mean, there's going to be some money to move around in the free agency. We got free agency coming up. Let's look forward to that. What are we going to do at backup center? What are we going to do at backup point guard? Seth right. Curry, you still there? Hello. Hey. Um, I mean, it's an. Ex- I feel like it's an exciting time for where the Pistons are cap wise and how things have to work out. It's pretty exciting. What was exciting too? Just on a t- another note. It wasn't just a snooze fest. All right, Detroit picks at 15, picks at 45, get out. You know, they had the Tony Snell trade before the draft. They ended up making some moves throughout the night. You know, they had that pick at 30 that you got in the Tony Snell deal that just kept you engaged. You know, because after the 15th pick, I bet a lot of people, if you didn't have the 30th, are like, click, I'm done. Right. You know, or it's out in the background, but whatever. You know, the 30th pick really kept you engaged through the draft, which was pretty exciting. Um... And I think that might be the most important thing is that a lot of Detroit fans were engaged the whole night. I know a lot of action was happening, and there's a lot. There's a lot of times you're like, "Well, Detroit's not in on it." You know, we're just kind of what we're doing, and that's it. No, they were in the thick of it. Yeah. So uh, I mean, it's like I said, no super. They're not bringing superstars in or anything right now, especially in free agency. But they're in the thick of it. They're going to have a little bit of money to play with in free agency for that backup spy at point guard or center. It's an exciting time. I mean, right? Be a little, uh, a little juiced, a little happy about it. Come on, Aaron, come back over here. Give a final send off. How about yeah, about Benny Boatwright, the USC undrafted uh, free agent that Detroit's come to a deal with? You just broke that news earlier this morning. How about you tell us a little bit about that? Wow, Aaron has returned to the desk. I'll come over because I care about the listeners, not my co-hosts. I didn't say anything at all. 
Yeah. No, and you I, grilled I, me because I accidentally said Jake instead of Jordan on a total honest mistake. So, so Boatwright, you know. So Boatwright, four years. it's Betty Boatwright. Yeah, so Boatwright uh, played four years at USC. 6'10 forward, shot, you know, 43% from the three-point line, 18 points, nearly seven rebounds, two and a half assists per game last season, 22 years old. We don't know the full details of the agreement. We don't know if it's a full-on NBA deal. It's more likely a two-way contract, but we'll see if we get more details as some of the draft stuff dies down. Um, but a lot to like about this draft for the Pistons, and I think Boatwright's a guy that's an interesting development piece just because he stuffed the staff sheet at USC and can shoot the basketball at the forward spot. You know you love that. You know teams love that. That's an interesting guy just to kind of have, whether it's on a full contract, two-way contract, you keep your eyes on him, you see how he's doing, and maybe he, he turns into something. Yeah, no doubt about it. So overall, a pretty good night for Detroit, and we'll have to stay tuned to see how the developmental process goes with really all of their picks from draft night. So before you go, don't forget, like, rate, review, subscribe to the pod. Okay, we gotta keep that subscriber hey, number going up. Do me a favor, up. give me a birthday gift. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We really need you to do that. We appreciate it. Love you guys, but get me something for my birthday. Get me that subscription. If you're listening on SoundCloud, follow us. If you're listening on YouTube, subscribe to us. Do that stuff for me, the host that's always looking at what you guys want to hear and, and doing what's best for the people. Okay, and then for me, also do it. <laughs> Uh, as the guy that gives you the most realistic take sometimes. the Sometimes tells you what you don't want to hear, but what you have to hear. Okay, Ryan, you got a pitch for uh, the listeners to uh, you know subscribe to the pod? No, I'm just going to be a team player. I'm not going to make this about me like these guys have. Uh, just, support, <laughs> just support Palace Pistons. Support the podcast. Like, rate, subscribe. Do all the good stuff we talk about. Follow us on Twitter. I mean, it's a good time. It's an exciting time in this offseason right now to be a Pistons fan. Let's keep it going. At Palace of Pistons on Twitter, Aaron's at A. Johnson NBA. Ryan is at Ryan Pay. Myself at Media Brendan. Or on Instagram, at Palace Pistons. Or on Facebook as well. You know, search up that Palace of Pistons on Facebook. So, YouTube. That's another one. Aaron mentioned it. We are you know, new to the YouTube game. So subscribe, check out our videos. We should have some stuff going up, you know, following the draft here, um, you know, to kind of break down some more of the Pistons draft night. So thanks so much for tuning in this week. We will see you next time for another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.